Welcome to the Monday edition of Transformation Radio.
And now, as we begin to look into the New Testament and our reading from uh, here today, our narrative comes from the book of 1 John, chapter 2, verses 1 through 17. John uses dear children in a warm, fatherly way. He's not uh, talking down to his readers, but is showing affection for them. At this writing, John was a very old man. He spent almost all his life in ministry, and many of his readers were indeed his spiritual children. The people who are feeling guilty and condemned, John offers reassurance. They know they've sinned, and Satan, called the accuser in Revelation, is demanding the death penalty. When you feel this way, don't give up hope. The best defense attorney in the universe is pleading your case. Jesus Christ, your advocate, your defender, is the judge's own son. He's already suffered your penalty in your place. You cannot be tried for a case that is no longer on the docket. United with Christ, you're as safe as He is. So don't be afraid to ask Christ to plead your case, because He's already won it. Jesus Christ is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. He is our defense attorney. He can stand before God as our mediator because His death satisfied the wrath of God against sin and paid the death penalty for our sin. Thus Christ both satisfies God's requirement and removes our sin. In Him, we are forgiven and purified. Now, sometimes it's difficult to forgive those who wrong us. Imagine how hard it would be to forgive all people no matter what they had done. Well, this is exactly what God has done in Jesus. No one, no matter what sin has been committed, is beyond forgiveness. All a person has to do is turn from sin receive Christ's forgiveness, and commit his or life to him. Now, how can you be sure that you belong to Christ? Well, this passage we'll be looking in today gives two ways to know if you do what Christ says and live as Christ wants. That's it. What does Christ tell us to do? Well, John answers that. He says, believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. There it is. That is a take, of course, on the first commandment. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the two main things. True Christian faith results in loving behavior. That's why John says that the way we act can give us assurance that we belong to Christ. All right, with that, let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. December 1st, the New Testament. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 through 17. My dear children... I, John, am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments. That person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love Him. That is how we know we are living in Him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old one you have had from the very beginning. This old commandment 
To love one another is the same message you heard before, yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment. And you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing, and the true light is already shining. If anyone claims, I am living in the light, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves another brother or sister is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates another brother or sister is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. I am writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. I am writing to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ, who existed from the beginning. I am writing to you who are young in the faith because you have won your battle with the evil one. I have written to you who are God's children because you know the Father. I have written to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ, who existed from the beginning. I have written to you who are young in the faith because you are strong. God's word lives in your hearts, and you have won your battle with the evil one. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure a craving for everything we see, the pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world, and this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Psalm 120, verses 1 through 7. Psalms 120 through 134 are called pilgrim psalms, or songs of ascent. And they were sung by those who journeyed and thus ascended to the temple for the annual festivals. Now each psalm is a step along the journey. Psalm 120 begins the journey in a distant land in hostile surroundings. Psalm 122 pictures the pilgrims arriving in Jerusalem, and the rest of the psalms move toward the temple, mentioning various characteristics of God. Meshech was a nation far to the north of Israel. Kedar, a nation to the southeast, both were known for being warlike and barbarian. And because the writer here couldn't have been in two places at one time, he was lamenting that he felt far from home and surrounded by pagan people. Peacemaking is not always popular. Some people prefer to fight for what they believe in. The glory of battle is in the hope of winning. But someone must be a loser. The glory of peacemaking is that it may actually produce two winners. Peacemaking is God's way, so we should carefully and prayerfully attempt to be peacemakers. Psalm 120, verses 1 through 7, a song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to Him, and He answered my prayer. Rescue me, O Lord, from liars and from all deceitful people. O deceptive tongue, what will God do to you? How will He increase your punishment? You will be pierced with sharp arrows and burned with glowing coals. How I suffer in far-off Meshech! It pains me to live in distant Kedar. 
I am tired of living among people who hate peace. I search for peace. But when I speak of peace, they want war. Proverbs chapter 28, verses 25 and 26. Greed causes fighting. Trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. Those who trust their own insight are foolish. But anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. I'm feeling so small I'm standing here weeping As I'm coming clean Of the secrets I'm keeping Cause I've caused so much pain To the ones I love As I carry my heart to your throne I am completely surrendering Finally giving you everything You're my Redeemer I run to the cross
today's In Touch devotion. Today's scripture reading is Psalm 84, verses 11 and 12. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, how blessed is the man who trusts in you. God has promised to provide for his followers, and he's able. So we might wonder why he doesn't always meet our needs when we ask. But since he's faithful to his word, we can know that the problem is never with him. Notice that in today's passage, God's promise to provide has a condition. It's given to those who walk uprightly. So if God isn't meeting our needs as we think he should, either he may have a different plan, or something in our life may be a hindrance. Sin One reason our prayers may not be answered is because there's unrepentant sin in our life and we're not living righteously. If God ignored disobedience and granted our requests, he would be affirming an unrighteous lifestyle. Laziness Although the Lord is the ultimate source of all we have, He's given us the responsibility of working in order to provide for our basic necessities. If you're a capable, able-bodied person who's unwilling to work and wants something for nothing, God won't reinforce your laziness. Desires It's possible that the Lord hasn't provided as you expected because your needs are really desires. If He sees that what you want won't fulfill His plans for your life, he may be saying no because he has a yes that's better. To avoid disappointment with God, understand that his actions and character always align. He won't reward rebellion or laziness, and his answers to prayer fit with his goal of conforming us to Christ's image. So if he hasn't provided what you deem essential, he's working to bestow a better blessing. Life gets tough And times get hard And it's hard to find the truth In all the lies
just say Jesus. Hi, I'm John Maxwell. Welcome to Minute with Maxwell and Eric Magina from Doral, Florida, who is a student. Said, John, would you talk to us on the subject of boldness? Sometimes we hear the expression, wow, that was a bold move. Well, what that means is it's out of the ordinary. It's different. Uh, it makes people's heads turn. They, they kind of say, wow, I, I wasn't expecting that. That was not expected in that behavior. Well, I think there are probably good moves that are bold and probably bad ones that are bold. But here's what I do know. Boldness in a positive way sets us above the crowd. It does turn people's heads. It does cause us to stand above the others. I have found that some decisions I've had to make have not been easy decisions, and so they had to be bold ones. They weren't natural. They weren't expected, but they were needed. I think boldness means you have courage. Somebody that makes a bold move or a bold decision it doesn't start by what is on the outside. It starts by what is on the inside. So the question I have today to ask you is very simple. What bold decision or bold move do you need to make that would allow you to go to the next level? You've been putting it off. You've been resisting it. But you know, you know that if you make it, it could make a difference in your life. Whatever it is on Minute with Maxwell today, I encourage you to make your day by making a bold move.
Can you tell him tonight? Say, Jesus, here I am. <laughs> here I am. <laughs> here I am. Arms wide open. Jesus. So That I am you. 
it, I hear you've been dreaming About being a big time shepherd someday You're gonna prove your brothers wrong You're gonna sing your shepherd's song To the cattle on a thousand hills But I've been thinking I'm having trouble with a giant down the road You're the one who's gonna face him toe to toe Wipe that grin right off his face And whip this army into shape I'm gonna turn the nation back to me David, you're right about one thing Your little shepherd songs Are gonna make the whole world sing That I'm gonna make you king So come on, let me dream, let me dream for you I am strong when you're weak and I carry you So let go Thank you. 
Hey, it's Zach Pruitt with Transformation Radio. The following is a short clip of Pastor Tom Thompson's interview with Fairfield County's 90.9 FM. Today we're talking to Tom Thompson from The Refuge. It is how men's lives are changed. There's a website. It's called menslivesChanged.org. You can't uh, forget that one, menslivesChanged.org. And, Tom, you said you have people coming from all over to go through this process. And you, you've you talked about the process, how they come, and, and it's all self, um, you know, they get to choose to enter this process. And they have to go from a uh, discovery process to um, a more intimate process where they have a little bit more freedom and go to work. And then they end up in this final phase. And the final goal is to get them to be producing and uh, self um, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Tom? Self-sufficient. <laughs> yeah, self-responsible. And, uh, and to even own a home. But, um, you know, it's like a 13 month process almost before they, before they finally end this, you know, journey. Yeah, actually the 13 month is, uh, is at the end of that is the beginning. So, so the, the next step is an opportunity to guys stay and we call our step four process in, the Franklinton area, which is the rent-to-own options, the, the area there, you, you, you just still don't pay rent. So we've we've kept that. The rent you pay is having a mentor, a mentee, a small group, being engaged in a local church, and uh, having a budget, and and also a plan. You got to have a, a plan of where God's leading you. So those things are in place. As long as you do that, sustain that, and then you have an exit strategy, you can now come into that phase, and we walk that out with them. That, that's the, the piece that's exciting is the how to make a difference. Where do I go with my family? We've had wives restored to husbands and children. We've had, you know, men that's never spoke to their families for years be restored. Now it's about the restoration of what God does with relationships. And they start to impact and influence these, these relationships for Christ because when you see this kind of transformation from death to life, People know there's a God. There's nothing else you can say about it besides God intervened. Mm-hmm. And that's the miracle. Yeah, it's how the beautiful. testimony. Yeah, it's a testimony. And, and from that, I think that completes that process. The guys are in that phase. We've got about 70, 65, 70 men right now within the ministry. We just completed a hilltop project up there, Sullivan Avenue, which is a just a major building to expand our numbers to about 108 guys. This will be the, really the end of that piece for the model. And then from there, we've got people coming around looking at how we can collaborate. We need to, this is a major epidemic and we've got to, I'm going as far as out of it to on it. So I'm going to be doing what I can to bring the, the Jesus Christ, the church of God to the front lines of, of we've got to make a difference. This is our responsibility as, Luke 14 says that truly that that's why Christ came, you know, to preach the gospel of the poor, heal the brokenhearted, set captives free. This is the church.
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio.